0: Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra To Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I talk Tantra with Frank Mondoze. He is a contemporary voice on Love, Arrows, and Relating. Mm -hmm. And this is the second time I've had him on the podcast. He's one of my very first guests, episode 10, Love Without Limit, if you'd like to go back and check it out. And today, we're going to be diving a little deeper into that subject, focusing on the topic of solo polyamory. Mm -hmm. So Frank, thank you so much for being here. I love your content. I love who you are as a person. Why don't you start by telling us a bit about your journey with solo polyamory. What does that mean to you?
1: Mm, Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the opportunity. Ah, So, solo poly. Let's start... Okay, a bit about my story and how I ended up as somebody that's doing solo poly. I feel like solo poly is like a trailblazer area at this point, Mm -hmm. especially uh, doing it with ethically and with integrity. Um, So my journey started off, you know, I was a very young and curious uh, boy and being and uh, so I was interested in sexuality.
0: As one is. Yes.
1: And um, got married at a young age, uh, explored a bit in the realms of swinging, uh, created a an event that was called Monde Osé, which was a playground for individuals to come and party and meet each other, like in a... Uh, upscale new age swinger environment where it wasn't like swinger heavy but um, a, an environment to flirt and, and connect with other like-minded people yeah so I did the whole realm of swinging which to me swinging is when you're uh, in a couple a long-term couple you realize that you want to explore beyond that you want to spice up the bedroom that you want to bring it explore mm-hmm. other people but there's like At the cornerstone of it, you're um, uh, uh, doing it together. Yeah. Everything is done together. So for me, swinging is a band-aid solution on an old paradigm problem. Uh, I feel that solo poly is the place where we start to come into uh, integrity with our sexual or relating nature and start to own those pieces and meet each beloved as an independent, sovereign being. So I've done the whole Swing Thing. I've done uh, being poly with a primary, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which I feel that, ha- that has its... Um, merits? Merits. And in uh, my experience, um, the reason I went towards solo poly was because I still felt it was uh, a hook to this old paradigm of relating. It's like it's like the the escape hatch, it's the the, the parachute. It's it's that uh, safety blanket.
0: What does the old paradigm of relating feel like just to so people can see how they might be, you know, in this paradigm or stuck and might have an opportunity to shift?
1: So the old paradigm of relating is uh, you're growing up looking outside of yourself, to be met by the one, your other half, Um, this idea that um, your happiness is not internally derived, but derived from being met by somebody outside of Mm -hmm. yourself. And so when you're looking out into the world, you're constantly scanning for like, who's this person? And even though this person is so far from being around you, the person in front of you that is giving you a bit of attention might be the one good enough because it's feeling that need to be in partnership. I see the value of being in partnership. I know that like the journey of life is much more exciting when we have a partner by ourselves that we can witness each other in our growth, expansion, uh, pleasure, and uh, flavorful life. That that is like where, as humans, we get excited about life. It's like where we could share experiences. But when we um, hook onto the other person as being the soul. A place where my pleasure will be derived when it comes to the opposite sex or intimacy or uh, eros, then it starts to feel like a cage and something artificial. Mm-hmm. I speak that as, as a man uh, in a man's body uh, that has different hormones and uh, different uh, historical biological uh, ways, uh, ways of moving. And that's how it was a real thing for me. And that's what got me on this path was that instead of like being in deep relationship in a couple and then cheating on the side which was the old version of relating also the old paradigm you get into this uh, connection. It's uh, committed. Anything outside of each other is called deception or or cheating or whatnot. So men would go and get their needs met in cheating, mm-hmm. and and they just did that because they could. You know, like we're yeah. talking nineteen fifties to nineteen nineties, actually yeah. nineteen eighty five kind of thing.
0: And many people are still operating.
1: In the they're country. still operating in like that, but Most to me, it's people. so old school. It's like yeah. there's an opportunity to upgrade the uh, the way you relate. That is more honest and authentic and that's what happened for me for me I could not deny the fact that my uh, sex drive and my desire to uh, connect and share love with multiple people that's what it was about ultimately sharing love connecting different reference points and yes there's intimacy and sexual intimacy and that's part of the the equation as well and therefore um, in order to be in those spaces you have to be operating with a certain level of honesty and authenticity. And that's what opened the conversations with all the new lovers, the new uh, people I came across as of, let's say, 2018 and beyond. That's 2018 is when I really changed my relating style and where I started uh, following the nuggets of that Love and Without Limit content. And uh, uh, the more I opened my heart to to love and the ability for individuals to love multiple people and how natural and important that is for our well-being mm. and our heart. Uh, that, that So that, that was really what brought me into solo poly.
0: Yeah. So to get clear, we have this concept of polyamory, which means many loves and that can manifest as so many different things. And we're going to touch on, we're going to go deep into one of those in this conversation. But just to get a little bit deeper into polyamory, I think that what, what we're trying to get out is this idea that you can have this like deep connection with more than one person. And that's where like the real magic is when you allow yourself to surrender into that um, desire and also that potential, like there's, there's an ability to have deep committed connection with someone and then someone else come into your path that maybe is floating through at an Insta training or, you know, at a new job or whatever. And you see this capacity that, wow, there's something I can learn from this person. There's some piece that, uh, has the, Potential to bring growth into my life and into the other's life that may even feed the primary partnership that I might have as well. And that's really what, what made polyamory very interesting to me in general was this, um, because I feel like my main intention in this lifetime is just to grow and to learn and to love as much as possible. And the current paradigm or the past paradigm is one in which that is wrong, right?
1: What, what part
0: the the historical paradigm makes it wrong that we should feel this connection with someone other than right. the prime the the person that we are our soulmate right, right? and right. if we feel a connection with someone else then it's like a problem right instead of an opportunity correct and that's you know just something i wanted to highlight highlight yeah, exactly. I think it's
1: important. And, you know, you also uh, make mention to like primary, like what is a primary partner, right? Yeah. So in polyamory, the idea, let's break it down. It's poly polyamor. Uh, so it's multiple loves. It's the ability to love multiple people. And when you're loving multiple people in relationship, it's like actually having authentic relationships. Everybody knowing about each other that, uh, you know, when you're doing ethical polyamory, like uh, eventually, like it can turn into poly. Odds through to the extended loverships and the metamores. Metamors is your your love's love. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that there are so many great resources out there about like is abroad right. topic, including ethical slut, right. polysecure. I don't know if right. you have any you want to name. So if you're like interested in getting like the breadth of ways that this could express itself, there is, are those resources. Yeah. Right. And at this point, I would love to chat a little bit more about, like, what makes solo polyamory? What, what is solo polyamory compared to polyamory? What, what, how does that branch off?
1: All right. So the, the first piece in polyamory, what's in com- what people we see across is that uh, often a primary partner is something that is very common. So mm-hmm. you have multiple loves, but there's this one that is more important. And, you know, there's a natural... Um, connection there solo poly is more where your primary partner is your other half so it's like yourself yeah so i'm in a a male body and so like my primary partner is my inner feminine and the the more i courted my inner feminine and i got to know her and her needs the more I'm able to be current with her, and therefore uh, make our inner worlds uh, more happy and in better well-being, and sometimes when we're in relationship with others and we're looking to fulfill that inner beloved, but on the outside we're constantly serving the the relationship or the couple. And uh, it creates often codependence because none of us came up in like secure attachment upbringings and homes. So we all have these pieces of codependence and then we hook onto each other. So solo poly is this uh, secure practice of recognizing that the first person you serve is the inner beloved and to stay current and uh, connected to them. And the second point uh, around solo poly is this piece of owning your own genitals yeah. Uh, so for me, it's like no individual outside of myself has a say on my genitals Yeah. so that I have a sovereignty over my body, over mm-hmm. my genitals. So if there's a call to move in a direction that feels that it's going to uh, serve my expansion, serve my awakening, serving, serving my um, heart in any way, that if I feel called to that, I can move in that direction without having to get permission or having the idea that I'm going to be wounding somebody through my natural yeah. expression of my uh, erotic energy. So, um, and in that, in that way, just to, to end, like both people have that absolute freedom and, and ability to connect like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in poly partnerships, you can also have the agreement that is similar to what that last piece was—having autonomy over genitals, although it's not as common. And I think it's also important to recognize that oftentimes one of the ways that these two relationships will physically manifest differently is that in a uh, polyam—if you're polyamorous, whether you are in a polyamorous partnership or you're single poly—which I think that maybe we should have a little chat about that—but you are there's more of an intention to make more physical commitment whether it's moving in together maybe making declarations of love like marriage starting a family potentially etc whereas solo poly you are you might have emotional commitment or spiritual commitment or whatever but you're not so much like moving in with that person usually or making like bigger life decisions together do you resonate with that yeah i would resonate with that yeah okay
1: cool that, that feels like no it's a very it's very well put I'm actually impressed with how articulate you are and how how like um, on point that is and it's true like for me my solo poly um, relationships feel very committed yeah like I'm in love with these women and mm-hmm. I care about their well-being and so my heart is in the game um, it just means that we operate as sovereign beings that are choosing an interdependent way of uh, uh, interacting. So yes, we come together. Yes, there's a dependence, but the dependence serves each other's expansion and growth. For me, if if I end up in a place in my relationships where um, either one of us are in entitlement expectation jealousy uh, and and creating like a a tension in the relationship because the ego has been you know uh, activated and there's a process for me i would say that it's very important in those solo poly relationships to what i I call take a breath Mm. take this breath take some space from each other so that you can come back into love and appreciation of the blessing that we have for the time we have together. The way I describe solo poly is that each of my connections, these are opportunities to gift each other with each other's presence, with each other's care, with each other's um, intimacy. Uh, And so that we live by Uh, enjoying these moments one at a time and not future projecting so when we become insecure or when we uh, want something that uh, just feels good for us it's like we start future projecting and and driving the relationship in a certain direction when really it's actually that's not even existent let's just stay with what is
0: yeah i'd love to go a little bit deeper on this topic of future projecting because as someone that's like newly operating in the solo poly space that has been the most interesting shift that i've witnessed within my own internal space of recognizing how much i fucking future project what is future projecting
1: so future projecting is like um so you meet you meet a person uh, it feels good when you're in the moment they make you yeah. they make you happy it's exciting and then you might have some space cuz you know you're going back to your your life and then you're like oh this this might be the one boom what does the one mean it's the person that it's like um the, that's going to be your life partner or um oh my god i wonder you know where we'll be in three months from now it's just putting a projection onto the future taking what is in the moment and putting it into the future instead of just um like uh, relishing in the present moment deliciousness that that exists and when we future project we create a level of um uh, hope Mm-hmm. or expectation, mm-hmm. and that's where we create the opportunities to be disappointed and be in suffering. So if we're, we get disappointed, if we're hoping and we're we're visioning something to be, and it, it doesn't turn that way, there's a certain level of disappointment. So when I'm relating, and I'm not talking for all of solo poly, I'm just one person in the solo poly space. Yeah. I believe anybody that's doing solo poly well are solo poly- trailblazers these yeah. are trailblazers so i just want to speak that what my experience is only a it's one experience
0: absolutely that's a really good differentiator and i think that you know kind of coming home to the future projecting piece bringing it full circle as a woman in a woman's body with women you know babies and marriage and like the whole conditioning, conditioning. on top of the physiological pieces like I know that it's not just me, like all of my friends, as soon as we go on a good date, it's like literally planning the wedding immediately, you know, and while that is fun and there's a bit of a drama piece that feels like exciting and there's endorphins running through and hormones. Um, To be able to recognize that I'm doing that and to call myself home has been so liberating because I also realized how often I was settling because I was creating a story that wasn't even based on the true person. And we get
1: invested in that story and then we double down on that story and next thing you know it's like, how did I end up in this situation? that's unfortunate
0: yeah but, but that's happened to me yeah pretty much in every partnership exactly. i've ever been in you know and up until i really started consciously practicing in this space mm-hmm. um and instead now i get to be in the presence of my lovers and be in an energy of like wow how incredible is this moment that we have together and to really dive deep into that instead of Focusing on something that, you know, probably won't even ever happen. Or that you don't even need and, really. And, in yeah, your life. that you don't even need. Exactly. That's like not really relevant at all to where I'm at in that moment. Um, so thank you for, for allowing me to go full circle on that. Cause mm. I feel like that's such a important piece for so many of us. And it's so, it's so ingrained. I think especially for women, but also for men, just because we like, we're told that we're, there's a conditioning around our value being based on following this, you know, prescribed, get married, have children, continue your lineage, you know, story and...
1: And, and there's like from also from the masculine perspective of that deep uh, seated conditioning is mm-hmm. like even some of the things that I've explored, uh, felt is this this slut shaming, right? So mm. if you're with... So if I'm with a woman that is with multiple, has multiple lovers, it's like feeling these old codes coming online where I'm like, actually, this is not what I believe. And and there's a fear there. And what I've recently discovered in terms of like, I'll just be vulnerable here is like, there is, and I feel like I've cleared a lot of this patriarchal um, indoctrination, but ultimately there is a fear In men, or and I'll speak for myself, in me, of the ultra, uh, super empowered, completely liberated, um, amazing, beautiful, uh, sexual, uh, woman. Yeah and and ultimately i think that is what led to like the all the persecution of women and the witches mm-hmm. and so on and so forth so when we talk about the conditioning of like needing to do the things to get it right and i'm i'm at the place where i'm like i'm there and i'm decoding these things and then i'm the wall that i'm hitting is like uh, in this moment is like completely openness and the welcoming of the 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 complete Uh, ultimate power that a woman holds and really getting into the place of... um,
0: Can I be comfortable with this?
1: Comfortable with this, exactly. That's the first step. But where I want to be is like to the recognition of the devotion to this being. Yeah, to celebrate it. Celebrate this being. And it's like... The idea of, of being able to share this woman's life in a way that feels good to me would be, uh, would be a gift to be amongst yeah. this goddess. I'm going a bit woo-woo right now, no. but this is the, the, the core of how men need to shift the way they meet without losing their masculinity and their strength yeah. and their backbone. Anyways, we're going off topic. No, I mean
0: there's nothing more like sexy and attractive and activating for me than a man that can like hold me in all of my wildness. Right. You know? And and I I bet
1: you you would be more loyal to a man, or committed, not loyal, but more committed to a man that allows you to have all that space.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Because I feel that. I feel like the women in my life that, uh, that in the past that have like not feel comfortable and put it, start to put hooks and try to control my, my nature, that, um, those are the ones that I would feel uncomfortable with and those relationships ultimately would end. So what they were trying to avoid, it would, it would create, it it would create it. And the women that meet me for who I am and see my my heart and my commitment to them as well as my ability to be out with other mm-hmm. people and trust me in that space and that I've earned that trust and trust me that those are the women that I stay more committed to. Those are my long-term four-year relationships because they see somebody more than somebody playing the role of their other half. They see me as a being and they're like, I want to hang with that guy. And let's find the conditions that work for both of us and that we find that, that, that space. And then we dance in that in the present moment, relating, not relationship, not a label, not a boyfriend, not a girlfriend, but two beings, two sovereign beings that love and care and build something between their hearts that is actually... True and tangible and real, and worth investing in, and that's at the cornerstone of the the bonds of relationship that can be made in solo poly if we're cho- if we're choosing to be ethical about it, yeah, because I do want to speak about a shadow piece I was looking how to weave this piece. is because some people who are new and exploring their sexuality and or 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 are have some level of wounds, they enter into the space of polyamory as. Um, that's what they're calling what they're doing, but they're not necessarily doing that. So if you're in polyamory because you don't want to be in commitment to uh, an individual uh, or you want to sleep around, that this is a different story. Polyamory is really about committed hearts loving each other. That's the idea of polyamory. You can be in love with another being, multiple beings with authentic relationships. But if you're using polyamory as a way to avoid Commitment, mm-hmm. or because you want to have multiple lovers yeah. that you're not honoring properly, or you're uh, being shadowy, you're not being completely transparent, or, or whatnot. That to me is not polyamory. That's just mm-hmm. promiscuity, and that's promiscuity is a word that we've completely lost in our culture. I guess because it had a bit of shame, because it had some shame aspect that if you're promic- promiscuous, you're, you're you're not like. Uh, worthy. This is the wound that you were talking about earlier.
0: Yeah. Not worthy and also not trustworthy, I think.
1: Exactly. And I don't believe that. I believe, like, owning your promiscuity and, like, speaking what this connection means, like, it's okay to say I'm connecting with you and I want to connect with you from a physical perspective. <coughs> Excuse me. But really um, owning that. And so promiscuity is not polyamory. And then... Um, There's uh, people that go into polyamory because, yeah, I think that's what mostly the the shadow that I was trying to underline is the... So the point is, when going into polyamory, that we take account of what is our motivation, it's very important to yeah. s- to do our shadow stalking. So shadow stalking is one of the things we learn at ISTA and that we share in ISTA, which is tracking those pieces that we deny about ourselves, that are uh, unconsciously running the way we relate, and that are actually uh, recreating spirals of experiences that are not serving our, our, our ourselves so there's an opportunity to expand and grow out of that yeah
0: so. yeah this is a good time for me to <coughs> this is a good time for me to organically say that there is a free shadow work workbook on my website talk to me.com free check it out if you're feeling called to this shadow stalking concept but i think that it's it's important to recognize that they like no matter what your relating style is, it's really important to get clear in your intention. And there can be an expansive intention for monogamy. There's expansive intentions for solo polyamory. And polyamory, you know, to make the case for polyamory, there's the expansive intention of I feel it is the most um, I have the most growth available to me by diving deep into one container and really committing to that and seeing what comes through with that. But there's also the shadow piece of monogamy that is I'm afraid of my partner leaving me and there's a fear piece there and that's the shadow. Whereas with polyamory, it's kind of the flipped version, which I think you spoke into pretty well. But essentially... I love
1: that you brought this piece of uh, depth. You, what you said, you said, just to slow it down for one second, you said something With like, monogamy... Yeah,
0: There can be an expansive intention of by committing to this one container with this one person, I have the opportunity to grow through the depth of having one mirror consistently reflecting. Okay.
1: Yeah, so great. Okay. That's where I want to pause because yes to everything you've said and the context you've put it to, but I want to grow, I want to expand on the the concept of death so that people stay away or are afraid of being in polyamorous relationships because they make that
0: this yeah, i want and, and i'm, I'm not not go saying deep. that it, it's up to your perspective right. what offers depth because yes there's depth there but there's also the depth of giving yourself the freedom to explore the depth of yourself through having many mirrors, and maybe that's what you're getting to but yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted it
1: <laughs> yeah many years indeed but for i actually have um like, what is depth?
0: Yeah, okay. So
1: for me, depth is the combination of uh, choice, the choice to go deep. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go deep with you. What is going deep with you? It means being authentic, like being real in every moment, speaking to things that are more difficult to, to speak. Mm-hmm. It's being uh, committed committed meaning like when things are uncomfortable and are are struggling instead of just like running away for good that we do our processing and we stay in relationship Mm -hmm. and that's number four which is presence and presence is this piece of actually being available to go deep and then finally integrity so this is for me what defines depth and I feel that when you use this formula and each of your relationships, even if you're in poly, that you can have multiple relationships that are authentically deep. Like I just celebrated four years uh, with a beloved and I would say that relationship was very deep. Meanwhile, yeah. she had many lovers and I have many lovers and um, so depth can be cultivated based on the commitment of the two individuals more than owning your genitals and so that I could ensure that you will not be tempted to run away because there's going to be something better out there than me. That's what I feel is the pitfalls or the shadow aspects of monogamous or exclusive relationships that that haven't done their personal self love work. Yeah. So, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and oftentimes we're operating under both. Like, you might have consciously a very expansive intention to choose either one of these or any relating style. And then usually there's also a shadow piece that's lingering underneath too. Always, you know, so it's, it's, always,
1: it's, an it's, it's another, it's another layer. This is why, yeah. like when you want to get into the realm of authentic relating, it's the commitment to do the, the personal growth work and practices that keep us uh, aware and attuned to what's going on in our our, um, psyche and in our bodies and why we are reacting or behaving or needing or wanting what we want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to chat more about how Solo poly different, it's different from dating around because when I, the first time I heard the word solo poly was about a year ago, I was on the dating app field and I met this guy and he was like, I'm solo poly. And he told me about it and it sounded really interesting. And I was into this guy and I remember telling one of my guy friends, like, yeah, I'm kind of like exploring, exploring, exploring someone that is in the solo poly space. And I told my friend, you know, didn't know what it was. I just found out what it was just a year ago. And I'm explaining to him, you know, solo poly is kind of you're your own. You're your primary partner and you're communicating effectively and et cetera. And my friend was like, it sounds like he's just like looking for a clever way to say that he's like dating around and is like, you know, wants to fuck a bunch of women. And I disagreed in that moment. Um, And I thought that the idea of solo poly was very interesting, but it wasn't in resonance with where I was in that moment. I was actually actively looking for a more committed monogamish slash primary partner situation. But in your own words, what is the difference between dating around and solo poly?
1: It's a very good question. And it's also a very fine line. Uh, it's about intentionality, mm-hmm. and um, for me, it's about keeping each individual, each person that I'm connecting with, male or female, um, recognizing where they stand in my life. Mm-hmm. It's like having uh, r- conversations that look like sexual health conversations. So it's like if if when you're solo poly and you're making love to multiple people, Like, you have to be able to have that conversation and say, like, I've been with X number of people since the last time we've been together and I've not been tested and I've had this risky behavior and whatnot. So it's like we are meeting each one of these relationships with absolute clarity, integrity, authenticity, uh, not leading people on because we want to have a full, like, dating uh, list. Um, It's really about... Um, continuing to see the people that you're open to uh, creating a Mm -hmm. version of relationship uh, which I don't really identify with like every connection is a relationship but I like to keep my relationships in the state of a verb of being so we are relating so we are in constant state of relating and our relating is constantly evolving and and the evolution is constantly open-ended so there's constantly a conversation and ultimately, we have choice. And in order to have choice, we have to have the information. So we're, when we're sharing honestly and authentically, then we could actually make choices that feel good so you could tell me about how many people you've made love to and i could say how does that feel for me and if that doesn't feel good for me anymore that i could choose to stop relating or in that way that we could yeah. transform the way that we're meeting or if i'm like oh that's great then actually that turns me on or i love that you are met and find uh, that you're fed yeah. that, that's what it is for me when like Somebody asked me, how can you be with a person that is with multiple people? I'm like, first of all, that's the way I want to live. So I got to be accepting of their choices. Yeah. And secondly, I want to know that these people, my lovers, are being fulfilled when I'm not around. I don't want anybody waiting on me to make love to them in order for them to derive like ecstatic current in their life. I want to know that they're being met by good um, uh, um honorable men that, or women that take care of their hearts and take care of their body and that they feel good. And if I could celebrate that, I feel like I become even more attractive and, I, and, I, and the partner would want to come back to, to this connection. And as long as I could keep it pure and intentional and not get into jealousy or not get hooked by my partner's jealousies, the relationships actually move very um, smoothly I've been doing solo poly for four years, practicing radical authenticity. And uh, I feel like there's been the least amount of relational drama in my life ever. I have the most abundance of of love and uh, eros in my life. And people feel met. So that feels exciting
0: for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to, give people a little bit more context of like, what does it look like with new lovers? Like what are the pieces that we touch on? Like for myself, if I'm going to go on a date now, like, you know, I would want to touch in to be very clear about my relational style to tell them on the first date, this is where I'm at. I'm not looking to make any long-term commitments. I am looking for depth and really authentic connection. Mm. Um, If I choose to move forward with you more physically, intimately, uh, that would mean that I also desire more of an emotional connection as well, also obviously touching in on the sexual health. And this feels scary at first because we're like conditioned to like not talk about certain things on a first date because you won't want to freak the person out but it's it's really liberating too and from my experience people appreciate it so much because that also prevents the future projecting piece too to be very clear of like this is not what i'm looking to you know this is the direction i'm looking to go in not this one so let's not get in the drama intentions Uh,
1: and creating intentional space I love, I love the the way you put that. I think you um, really touch on pieces that need to be discussed. It's like, I feel that it's super attractive when you're talking about it. I can only imagine like you having the conversations as a a new person or as a man in life. I'd be like either scared at that power. That's that Mm
0: -hmm. feminine,
1: wild woman power, which I was talking about before. So I'll either be immediately scared and run away or I'll be like wait a minute this woman is like she's got mm-hmm. something I want to know more and it becomes very attractive and the more yeah. we practice it the more confidence we could bring it with that you know we're not afraid of people walking away yeah. if people walk away they're doing us a favor actually mm, amen. And and if Uh, If I'm hungry about that, it's because I am coming from lack. If I'm worried about that, it is because I am coming from lack. So I'd rather be 100% me that they know that they buy in. They're choosing in every moment, every date, every uh, level of sexual intimacy that we decide to go to. They choose in with clarity and not some mysterious like, oh, I didn't know that he didn't want to be in relationship. I thought he was the one and now he's, he's ghosted me. You know, yeah. it's like, that's the difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be this. So first of all, I've had a mix of the, like, fear, sk- fear. usually it's a like, you can at first, it's like, whoa, and then it's like, but I'm curious, I want to yeah. know more. Yeah. That's yeah. usually the reaction that yeah. I get, especially for people that aren't in like the space that we're in, which is okay. one that is pretty informed, absolutely. very well adjusted to the space and to the different relating styles etc
1: conversations
0: conversations so usually if i'm not you know most of the people that i'm pursuing at this time aren't in that space although there are some and so it's usually me the woman that is bringing these conversations and in, into the space but it doesn't have to be like so what are you looking for you right. know it can be really playful and fun it's
1: conversational yes it's- like,
0: getting to know each other yeah this is where i'm at like i'm really feeling alive and turned on and um in my full expression when i'm exploring intimacy in this way what about you you know um i don't know if you have any creative pieces you'd like to add to that but complete you feel good on that note no
1: i feel that uh (laughs) If you are stepping into this idea of exploring solo poly, so if you're single and you're like you haven't been met and this the, the spiral of relating in that same way is tiring for you, that if you're going into the solo poly spaces, that first of all, it's about... Uh, coming 100 percent back to yourself it's about doing the uh, healing work or expansion work or the self-love work that's what i call it it's the self-love because when you're coming from the self-love fueled by universal love then you can meet another in a place where okay now i'm a full vessel meeting mm-hmm. another full vessel and from that point on we can meet each other and um uh with our chemistry, create goodness in our lives, create expansion in our lives. When we're coming with the wounds of uh, lack of self-love and whatnot, then Mm -hmm. we get into the dramas and and to the, uh, the, the discomforts. All that to say is that, so there are ways to move in uh if you're moving into solo poly for the first time like these conversations that are having which I'm sure you have resources on a safer uh, sex conversations. Yeah, or...
0: there's um sexy consent skills is a recent one with Valentine. And then um, conscious communication is like episode 22 or something like that. So
1: So, like if you're talking, thinking about like, okay, maybe I'm going to explore this solo poly thing. Frank did a good job of inspiring me to like open my mind. You know, don't just do it willy nilly and throw yourself into the end and and then uh, create wounds because you didn't have the ability to, the skills to have those conversations. Yeah. Pick up these skills. Learn to talk about it. Um, uh, Lean into practicing being clear with your no. Lean into asking for what you want. So there's a whole process before really anchoring into solo poly. And of course, everything's trial and error, so good luck.
0: Yeah. And I love that you touched on the piece about self-love because one of the shadow pieces that I've had to explore in branching into this relating style is, like I feel like one of the things that made it hard for me to have those conversations or where i felt resistance is a better way to put it where i felt resistant to having those conversations was actually a reflection of whether or not i felt worthy enough to be met as a solo poly person because to me I was carrying this idea that if I'm so low poly, then it means that I'm potentially not worthy of like the, the depth and the love that I desired. And so when I really touched into that got clear and also looked at all the evidence, for example, having someone like Frank, you know, in and around my life, like seeing, wow, like this is totally possible and also, also totally expansive was also really helpful. So definitely, leaning into this conversation as a resource to see that there is evidence that it's possible. So
1: yeah, it's it's working well for me.
0: Yeah. So would love to go a little bit more into your personal story if you're open to it and get clear on like what was the shift that made you like what happened that shifted you into the space of saying, I think solo poly is where I need to be operating.
1: So we spoke about shadow intentions of entering mm-hmm. into solo poly. And I, I, I could say that what happened for me was I, I had my heart broken for, let's say, a second time, really, or second or third time. It was a series of major heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I can't offer that anymore because like I'm not being met with the care and love that my heart desires. So I kind of closed that down. Mm-hmm. And so, when I closed that down, I asked myself, like "How can I relate with people where it doesn't become dramatic, that it doesn't become toxic that um that I could give them more space to be them and I could be have more space to be me and so it actually moved started from the place of a wound and wanting to cut the sp- the spiral that I continue to do, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't continue to do that. Whatever I'm doing is not working. So I had to be radical, and I, I met love in a new place. And I would say, like growing up, I didn't. I grew up in a very like loving family that was like, like care take like take care of me. But in terms of words, in terms of tenderness, in terms of like, I was like an Italian, uh, explosive family. So it wasn't very. Yeah. So I didn't know like different versions of love and tenderness and and whatever. So I just chose to be 100% radical and and meet everything uh, fresh. And so that's when I started to... uh, This is that love without limit content. I don't want to go through all of it, but it was what I recognized was that... the best way I could love somebody and authentically love them and not be trying to get something from them. Because if I'm going in a relationship and I'm getting trying to get something from my beloved and I'm calling it love, that is not love. That is me taking from this relationship. And we all do it in some like version. For me, it was like, actually, I want to start being love in my relationships. Mm. And what does that look like? And what it came down to me is when I am supporting, contributing, and or celebrating my beloved's expansion. So what does that mean? It means that if, if my beloved is getting a raise, I'm celebrating it. If my beloved <coughs> is... Um, uh, desiring to become a professional painter. I could support her or contribute it by, you know, getting her materials or whatever. And if my beloved had, uh, you know move through a sexual trauma from her past through a sexual healing session or a Mm lovemaking session with another person that I could actually celebrate that and not take it as a threat to me and turn all the spotlights on me and make it about how I feel about this situation. If I could tune into the fact that this is really supporting that individual to grow bigger and be, be more of themselves, then I should be in a place of celebration and happiness for Mm -hmm. that even if it's challenging for me and I made that as my cornerstone as my way of relating and uh, yeah so that is really what shifted my relationship ways and then I started to do a lot of experimentation and ultimately, I think what has really supported my success in this realm is that I met three really amazing women all like four years ago, all within the same time. And each one of them chose me and chose to be in relationship with me. And we've been working. And so with each of them, I've learned how to care for um, this um, this configuration And so far it's well. And what makes them successful is the willingness and ability for them to allow them to change form. They have to change form. Relationships have to have the ability to exhale, inhale, change form, not be constricted or constrained by the vision of what we were And or the future projection piece of what we, I want. It's, you know, if there's something you really want and this person is not giving it and you want to change this person because you deserve (laughs) what you think you want, then that person is not for you. For me, the minute I start controlling the relationship, or like telling them they should be different. That's Those are words, alarm bells that are telling me that, oh, I'm off center. I've lost appreciation. What's not working in this relationship? What do I have control of? I have control of how I meet this relationship. So what do I need to change to either make it better or, 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 or create space in order for there to be healing? And then a return to the recognition that time together should be appreciated because it's a blessing.
0: Yeah. And love all that. Appreciate the breath. <coughs> uh, so you feel that this is indefinitely the relationship style that you're going to go forward with potentially for the rest of your life.
1: At this point, I feel it's the most fulfilling and the relationships, the deep relationships, the long-term relationships that I have. And that's what's beautiful because each person that I meet is a new relationship that's budding and it's opening. So it's like they all become long-term beautiful relationships if mm-hmm. we're committed to doing the work together and we could do our shadow stalking. But yeah, because those relationships have all been very fulfilling. Mm. My mother keeps saying, Frank, why don't you just choose one? I'm Italian, right? So my mother says, why don't you just choose one? And I'm like... Because I don't want just one. I love them all. And she's like, yeah, but... And this is what Italians or or parents always care about. They care about, like, but who's going to take care of you when you get older? And I feel that that's part of the programming that has come mm. from our generations. It's like, oh, I need somebody to take care of me. And if I don't have, I'm going to end up being alone. Well, what also shifted from me is like that, you know, noise and guilt and shaming or whatever it is. Not really. My mom's awesome. Um, is, is the piece of actually my future and what it's going to look like is going to be based on the capacity of love that I could hold and bring into my life. So when I think of my old age, I think of myself living in community with all the best people of my life that I've done my life with and that we have the resource together to lavish ourselves in good times and and good spaces and that we're amongst family, extended family that looks more than one person that could be like really amazing. We've grown all together in the wheelchair. Uh, in the rocking chair together or it could be like miserable and i'm like fuck when is death gonna come and get me because i can't live with this miserable (laughs) being like another day of my life and we don't do that anymore as our generation those are like maybe my grandparents generations or my parents generation but it would be no a lot of
0: people in my generation also subscribe most no i like i grew up in missouri Midwest. So like people were like married, having babies at 20. So it's like,
1: I know that story. So
0: however, I feel that, you know, our community, we see all around us, the pot, like people like you and I have consistently defied the norm and consistently created evidence that it's possible. So there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to have that vision of having a community with elders and babies and everyone is taking care of each other. And it's like, Amazing and beautiful, and like I subscribe to that one hundred percent
1: absolutely and and you know like if we're gonna if I can gonna take it serious one second, you know the Hopi the Hopi is the Hopi tribe of uh, Native America, and they have a message and they've been saying this message for at least a decade, and it's this piece of like know your water, know your food sources know like be aware of your uh relationships be intentional in your relationships be intentional in your speech um look around you see who's in the water with you going down the river with you your allies some people call it your own species kind of thing it's like really find those people and, and come together and create the reality and and care for each other and go back to a living beyond the couple like even you know we used to live in extended families extended families used to take care of us it wasn't like the couple and now the single person and the single family home you know it's like mm-hmm. everybody repeating the same tasks every day it is there's a time especially with what's coming in the global. A crisis that we must be thinking about coming back to living in community and community that we care about not strangers people that we love and when you're living in that way you have to be able to love multiple people in ways that doesn't create jealousy and whatever and you could do monogamy monogamy is a beautiful sacred path so is celibacy and so is polyamory and me personally, as a disclaimer, I don't believe in any of these like languaging labels at all of them. But we use them so that we could start to have a conversation to understand each other. The way ultimately I relate, if we could call it solo poly, is one thing. But the other thing is just understanding that I'm a sovereign being. This is another sovereign being. And I lovingly meet this person with kindness and integrity. And I do one day at a time without the ego... Yeah. Desiring something or other that controls another being and constantly offering choice. That's what I think love is. That's what I think relationship is. And if people did sol- solo poly in that way, then I think that, you know, we have potential to up level.
0: Agreed. Yeah, and full permission to change your mind as you Always. go through. Like, Frank might decide in a year that like, actually, there's something else. I don't foresee that happening. But for myself, as someone that is exploring solo polyamory at this moment, enjoying it feeling like it is meeting my deepest intention, which is to get more clarity on the relationship that I desire. And also
1: exactly what you're calling in.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm use, I'm consciously using solo polyamory as a way to, first of all, decide if, you know, what relationship style do I really want? I personally don't feel that solo polyamory is going to be my forever style, but who knows? I'm 28. There's lots of time for me to try them all. But at this time I'm using it to get a sense of like, how are people operating? And it's giving me permission to also not settle because I get to explore all of the different types and I get to have my needs met too. Like so often we, 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 put ourselves into a space where we're looking for that one person and we're not having our physical intimacy needs met. We're not having our emotional intimacy needs and our spiritual intimacy needs met, which make us more susceptible <coughs> to settling as well. So I'm ethically getting all of my needs overflowing and it's Amen, amazing sister. Amen, sister. and creating evidence and slowly finding myself in a space of Fully loving myself, fully coming into my own union. So when I do meet, you know, the person that I might choose to commit deeper to, I'm <coughs> in the space of fully having met myself as well.
1: Absolutely. So, and I think that ultimately, what what how I would distill part of that is that as you explore all these pieces and what's good for you then you are not shy to know what works for you what doesn't work for you yeah so when you come into relationship and this is what I ultimately suggest people to do forget the labels is like build your own relationship forget remove strip yes. down cultural standards explore your own life see what what is interesting to you and make it and, and, and build something custom between the couple that doesn't have to look like anything or any freaking label As long as you understand the way you're relating and there's a commitment and there's a care, um, then that's the right thing to do.
0: I love it. Custom-built relationships. Custom-built relationships. Let's put a... uh, This is America. TM.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's get a website up and you could build your own relationship models. I love it. I'm here for it.
0: That would be cool. I mean, there are in many poly books, they actually suggest within your partnerships to actually write out a contract. So that you get clear on all your agreements and if you're in a situation that is escalating, you can physically go to the document and be I don't clear. love
1: that. I don't love that, to be honest with you. Uh, what I like about that is usually that is needed when there's been like breakdown because when yeah. it's good, you don't need it. But when it's breakdown and then you start to get to the place where you have to start breaking the rule book and contracts...
0: It's not uh, you, love you, without
1: limits. You know you, you, exactly. Number one, it's on the opposite. <laughs> but do what you got to do to save your relationship, I guess. But I just feel like ultimately that is like uh, it's a control mechanism. It's a it's a like accountability piece. It's like putting this. Piece, for me, I believe in accountability. I believe in responsibility. I believe in integrity. But I. All, and it's good to have them identified. I'm definitely a person that uh, yeah. desires fears and boundaries every time I talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and contracts are fun. But for me, a contract... Contracts you know, are fun. A, are a, they? No, they're not. Contracts are built to, uh, to prepare for breakup. That's what contracts are built mm, for.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Sometimes.
1: They set the standard of relationship <laughs> and set the exit.
0: I'm yeah, or or like even just think, so this is like a whole other conversation, yeah. but I'm enjoying riffing with you, yeah, so I'm going to go yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. But if you think about contracts and other things that we contract, for example, like getting a contract for your apartment that you're going to lease, so there isn't, and when I think about it in that terms, yes, actually it is preparing for this to end at some point or to renew. And I think that like, it's Amen. important to fully See, like, here's the deal. These are all tools and not rules. If the tool of a contract works for you, amazing. Absolutely. If not, do what you want. Like, yeah. custom build your relationship.
1: I, you know, what? what I, I, I was in cycles in my life where we used to do the contract thing. And now I would be more in a place of what do you need? Can I meet that? If I could meet that, we continue.
0: Which if, is a verbal contract. Right.
1: So. Sure. But if I can't meet that... I'm not going to sign a contract of all these needs and my beloved ones yes. so that I could try to stick into this relation. Yes. I'd be like, I think we need a break because we're obviously not meeting each other. We're not other. in residence. Not a break. That's the old school of talking about it. My languaging would be we need to take a breath and exhale the relationship, create a space until we come back into a place of uh, reclaiming our center, our sovereignty, and then returning into the the relationship from a centered place and not from a spun out place of, I need this, this, and that, and if our dad doesn't work, then this relationship can't work. It's like too much pressure and drama to it. I like more spaciousness and breath.
0: Beautiful so i'm feeling like we're kind of coming to a closing space i've you know my questions i ask all my guests at the end but i want to you know create some space for you if you have anything else you'd like to add or contribute to this conversation before we begin to close before we begin to exhale
1: yeah i'm glad the way the conversation went at the beginning i was very nervous to be around you (laughs) and we had a bit of like hiccups um (laughs) But uh, things went well, decent. And I'm really happy about the content that we got here. I feel like there's a lot of good stuff with the listener. uh, There's really uh, amazing segments from uh, both of our sides. So thank you for giving the opportunity to, yeah, riff and jam. It's like, there's no rules. like, we're just making this up as we go. Like when you're a trailblazer, you're just... You know, making space for other people to be behind and hopefully, you know, find these paths lead to places of uh, greater intimacy and greater love and more authentic relating. I know that that is my intention in my relationships, as well as um, the information or the perspective that I'm bringing uh, to the flow. And for me, I care about giving the space to have these conversations. The reasons we were stuck in these cycles that turned into unhealthy, unconscious cycles was because it was indoctrinated in us and we couldn't see it. And anybody that asked the question, if you're a woman, you're a slut. If you're a man, you're like a playboy, a gigolo and whatever. So like, yeah. I, I've you know, taking that on and you're taking that on. And and so it's like, yeah, we, we are pushing ourselves into this space to have these conversations because we do believe that there is better ways to bring in a higher love as the song calls in. There is higher love. And I don't think we've been tapping into it And um, so I'm willing to be an explorer in this lifetime and to do the experiments with individuals that are uh, conscious and uh, making choice to do that. And it's been awesome to share this information with you. Please leave a comment, share with us all the things uh, that you saw during this conversation. I'd love to know what um, you got out of it or what you saw or what you've retained.
0: Beautiful. So, bonus question. Yeah? What awakens your arrows? What turns you on? What makes you feel erotically alive?
1: The blunt answer is pussy. (laughs) That truly is it. I just uh, love the woman's genitals and her body and love to get lost into all the different avenues it's true is it too much
0: no it's beautiful i'm actually gonna cry
1: about it no, there's nothing more alivening or yeah. fulfilling to, literally to yeah
0: very to, fulfilling very enlivening
1: to really uh decode a woman's pleasure and to be able to do that with a deep listening and uh devotion
0: yeah beautiful and where can people find you or support you what are you bringing what are you bringing into the world at this time that you'd like
1: great question thank you yeah my main portal is frankmondose.com. i'm sure she'll have my name typed up somewhere and uh my newest project coming up which is launching in a few weeks from now is a website called loveanderos.com there you will have a five-hour a course uh, called love without limit it uh, go breaks down and opens up how to do this uh, version of uh, relating and uh, what will follow on that website is also other courses around shadow work the shamanic healing path um, fundamentals love and arrows fundamentals so there's stuff coming up be patient with me i'm the bottleneck Ultimately, um, yeah, a couple of weeks, Love uh, Without Limit. It's awesome. Um, check it out.
0: And Love Without Limit is accessible for people that are not in solo poly as well, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's really concepts to really bring to awareness your patterns, how you relate, um, a relationship with love, relationship with each other. Yeah, it's good for any of the sacred pathways.
0: Expansive relating, broad stroke. Fundamentals that you can apply to any kind of container.
1: For the most part.
0: For the most part.
1: And if you want to accelerate, if you want to get into higher love, then I would say this is probably one of the, you know, most cutting edge content that I've come across.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to bring up any retreat stuff? Remember or
1: Frankmondose.com, you know, I'm an ista facilitator, I'm a shamanic um breath worker with the institute of, of venus rising i'm co-founder of remember brotherhood journey we have Brotherhood journeys all of that information is on frankmoblesay.com
0: lots of ways to get this man in your life
1: yeah if you want to have fun and watch and laugh at, laugh at me or with me check out the it's uh, videos the last video we were in the last two episodes was me and um, this lovely one taking a journey in Green, Texas. Indeed. So check that out. That might be interesting. Absolutely. Maybe you want to link
0: it. Yeah, I'll link I'll link all of these things in the show notes. So thank you so much, Frank, for Good being times. being with me here today. And thank you to the listener for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred intimacy. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day, and we'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta. Well,
1: that-